0: I was pulling down some of my older notes that I had and I came across a piece of paper that I've printed out that I want to share with you about a thousand fires in US cities. Now this is not something that I saw but this was a incident that occurred in the life of a man who has now gone to be with the Lord by the name of David Wilkerson. Wilkerson had an impeccable reputation throughout his entire ministry. He had a church at Times Square in New York. Um, people would always accuse him of preaching negatively, but he would see things before they happened. He would warn people. He would warn the nation. And he was a very prophetic. People that live in a, and I'm not talking about here, self-acclaimed prophets and prophetesses who claim to be watchdogs for the body of Christ. That, that They just use that to be Uh, professional critics is what they use it for, but men who have a reputation, a solid reputation of preaching the word, then going into the word and comparing it to what is happening now, uh, such as David Wilkerson, are very rare indeed. In 1995, he wrote the book, Set the Trumpet to Your Mouth, and he predicted something here. America is going to be destroyed by fire, sudden destruction is coming and few will escape, especially in one hour. A hydrogen holocaust will engulf America, and this nation will be no more. Later he wrote uh, that that he believed it could be an attack from Russia, and the greatest Holocaust uh, will follow an economic collapse of, the Great Holocaust follows an economic collapse of America, meaning there's an economic collapse that will come first, and then uh, this will be the the follow-up on it. The enemy will make its move when we are weak and helpless because America will not turn or repent. Um, then on September 7th of 1992, uh, I've written this down exactly as he worded it, as David Wilkerson worded it. I have a recurring vision of over one fire fires burning at one time in New York City. I am convinced race riots, and this, look, look what he said, here, race riots, is that not interesting with everything you see happening, will explode. New York is right now a powder keg ready to, to blow. Federal and state welfare cutbacks will spark uh, a, and ignite the fuse. 100,000 angry men will be on the streets rage because they have been cut off for benefits fires will rage everywhere and again any uh, heavy form of economic um, collapse or currency uh, problem and I'm not going to get into all that that's a I'd be sidetracking from the main point that I want to make here in just a moment Uh, fires will rage everywhere then in March of 2009 he saw this now A very close friend of David Wilkerson's said that David told him privately, because I talked to this friend, he's a minister, that this was actually an angelic visitation, but he basically just said the Lord showed him. He did not want to say it was an angel because he said people, even in in Christianity, are so skeptical of the supernatural visitation that it was too sacred for him when he shared it, if he would have said an angel told him, and he knew people would mock that. So he just simply said he experienced this and saw this vision. Um, And um, here's what he said, and this is again a quote, an earth shattering calamity is about to happen. This is 2009. It's going to be frightening. We are all going to tremble, even the godless among us. Major cities across America will experience riots, and blazing fires, such as we saw in Watts, Los Angeles years ago. There will be riots and fires in cities worldwide, there will be a lot of looting. And I went ahead and put the end of the quote there, there was much more to that that was said. And that warning of course was given to David Wilkerson in March of 2009. Uh, He had a car accident and went to be with the Lord, and again this is a... A man, if you have an opportunity to look up some of his messages, very bold, very uh, unctionized by the Spirit of God, and, and and a visionary of seeing things before they would happen. Um, I had written down, I'm, I wrote these notes in Baton Rouge, Louisiana in about uh, the middle part of, of 2013, 14, somewhere in there. Uh, and it may have been earlier than that, maybe closer to 2011. And I said, how will these fires occur in in cities, especially New York? One statement that he made was, the government cutting off monthly welfare checks to the city, to the cities. And that could happen through through different methods uh, that I won't go into detail with. Many of you probably have thought about how that could happen with, uh, government cutbacks or with the 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 high deficit that we had and just a complete government shutdown of everything you know there's just numerous ways natural disasters cutting off supplies into the cities could cause it and race riots as he mentioned turning violent in the streets Um, let me say something to you you know one of the things that you have to deal with and this is something that i've had to deal with for years Those who have kept up with our ministry, we have people that have literally kept up with us for 20 to 40 years. I have a few people that are older that have uh, kept up with our ministry since I was 18 years of age in West Virginia and Virginia. Many of our older friends have now gone to be with the Lord. Those of you that have kept up with us know that I am not just a person who focuses on biblical prophecy. Uh, related to the scripture in the time of the end. We have so many other messages that we preach. I remember preaching a five-week revival for Jensen Franklin in Free Chapel years ago, and I only preached prophecy maybe twice in those entire five weeks. However, there are seasons when events are so shaking and so stirring, and the uh, sometimes the anxiety in people of wondering what is happening, or wondering how does it end, or wondering where is it going, uh, begins to rise, and they ask a lot of questions that need to be answered about the future. And thus, when these seasons arrive, we begin to refocus again on what we call the prophecies of the Bible, uh, the, the detailed word studies of individual words, uh, comparing Scripture with scripture. Uh, Adding history with it to see, was it fulfilled in the past? And I do believe, uh, and many of you can go to our YouTube uh, video on burning cities in America if you've not watched that yet, and uh, see an actual vision, probably one of seven or eight visions I've had in my lifetime, of cities that were burning in the downtown area. And boy, was it ever real. It was so real. It was so detailed. And um, that was when we were in our partners' conference in Pigeon Force, Tennessee, several years ago. I think that um, some of this actually may be connected to election events or after the election of just the whole United States going crazy. If it goes for one candidate, the other group will react. If it goes for President Trump, we definitely know that the other group will react. And with the mail-in ballots, they've already discovered that they're, they've released this information from the FBI that there were ballots that were thrown away in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania I should say, last year. And uh, they found uh, nine that were thrown away, seven of them were President Trump, two were for Hillary Clinton. And so there's just a lot of possibility of fraud with the way they're getting ready to handle this. And You know, the government has to deal with that and the individuals involved in the Postal Service. But I just want you to know that we're in what the Bible called perilous times. And that Greek word perilous that Paul used uh, is also found where it says the man of Gadara was violent. And that Greek word is used there, violent person. So we're in very violent times. And uh, so I want you... I think the only thing we can do is pray and ask for God's grace and mercy, turn all of our individual hearts to the Lord. We can't expect a nation to turn till individuals turn first, and I think that's the first and primary thing. So I wanted to share this with you because this man was prophetic. Many things that he predicted in the book, Set the Trumpet to Your Mouth, happened in details. He saw nudity coming to television. People mocked him. I remember they mocked him back then, oh, that'll never happen in America. And almost everything he wrote in that book in 1985 has come to pass. And so uh, uh, he was so concerned before he passed away of this vision of New York and what he saw. But uh, for those of you who are believers, just remember, as it was in the days of Lot, so will it be at the time of the coming of the Son of Man. Fire was the the central feature of four of the five cities in that Genesis 19 narrative. But you know, we do have hope and that's our hope is in the Lord. And our hope is in the fact of this end time Joel 2 revival that you see it happening out in the streets in West Virginia, Kentucky. Uh, One man is having outdoor meetings and it's just amazing to see what's happening there. So there is hope god is not going to let the enemy take over everything god is in charge in so many areas in so many ways if we will allow him to take charge of our life and of our nation
1: and after these things i saw another angel come down from heaven having great power and the earth was lightened with his glory And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, that ye be not partakers of her sins, and that ye receive not of her plagues, for her sins have reached into heaven, and God hath remembered her iniquities. Greetings, friends. Welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean, your host website is www.scriptureandprophecy.com This is a season where prophecy needs to be uh, needs to be taken very very seriously. Needs to be studied diligently because we are in a prophetic time. A few years ago I did a series called The Days of Noah and the Days of Lot. And uh, for the next couple of uh, podcast episodes, I just want to kind of revisit the days of Lot. Because a few years ago, I saw that we were transitioning into the days days of Lot and the days of Noah. And today, I would say we are in the days of Lot and the days of Noah. Now, why is that relevant? Most people know the scripture in Matthew where Jesus says that his return... His revealing would be like it was in the days of Noah. But what people don't realize is is that in the Gospel of Luke, in that account, he doesn't just stop with the days of Noah. He also goes on to speak about the days of Lot. So let's go look at that really quick. If you go to Luke chapter 17, verse 26 through 37, this is what it says. And as it was in the days of Noah so shall it also be in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise, also it was in the days of Lot. They did eat, they did drink, they bought, they sold, they planted, they builded. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. In that day, he which shall be upon the housetop and his stuff in the house, let him not come down and take it away. And he that is in a field, let him likewise not return back. Remember Lot's wife. Whosoever shall seek to save his life shall lose it, and whosoever shall lose his life shall preserve it. I tell you, in that night, There shall be two men in the bed. One shall be taken and the other shall be left. Two women shall be grinding together and the one shall be taken and the other left. Two men shall be on the field and one shall be taken and the other left. And they answered and said unto him, Where, Lord? And he said unto them, Wheresoever the body is, thither the eagles will be gathered together. Listen, my friends, we are living in the days of Lot. And there's much here to unpack. And so... We're going to look at a couple of accounts over the next uh, couple of podcast episodes. The first thing I want to bring up and remind everyone. One, Jesus says it'll be like it was in the days of, like it was in the days of Lot. It'll be so in the time that he is revealed. Okay. The Bible also warns that any nation that would live like Sodom and Gomorrah, would be judged in the same way. That is to be taken extremely serious given the times that we are living in. Second Peter, verses 1-9. through nine. I'm going to read you nine verses from here. Peter talking about the end of days. But there will be false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you who privily shall bring in damnable heresies even denying the Lord that bought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. And many shall follow their pernicious ways, by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. And through covetousness shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you, whose judgment now of long time lingereth not, and their damnation slumbereth not. For if God spared not the angels that sinned, of course he's talking about the angels in Genesis chapter 6, and he's going to confirm that by bringing up the fact that he's speaking of the time of Noah. For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down into hell, and delivered them into chains of darkness, to be reserved unto judgment, and spared not the old world, but saved Noah the eighth person, the preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly, and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making them an example unto those that should after, that after should live ungodly, and delivered just Lot, vexed with the filthy, filthy conversation of the wicked, for that righteous man dwelling among them, and seeing and hearing, vexed his righteous soul from day to day with her unlawful deeds the Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. So Peter's saying, remember what happened to Sodom and Gomorrah. That is an example to those who in, in the future should live in that way. And remember that there was only a few spared. When we talk about Noah. It was only Noah and his family that were put on the ark. Eight people. Sodom and Gomorrah, the destruction. It was Lot who was rescued with his two daughters. His wife also, but she disobeyed the commandment and looked back. That's why Jesus says, when he's talking about how he will be revealed in the days of Lot, it'll be similar to the days of Lot. He says, remember Lot's wife. Do not likewise turn back. Do not long for that world. Revelation 18 says, Come out of her, my people. Why? That ye be not partakers of her sins and receive of her plagues. Now, Peter says in the passage that we just read, that God knows how to deliver the godly out of temptation and reserve the unjust until the day of judgment to be punished he can preserve those who are truly his which we need to remember and reiterate the point that the, the that it's few that it's few now this is also this idea is also confirmed in the Dead Sea Scrolls in the book of Jubilees. Let me just read you this short account. If you go to Jubilees chapter 16, here's what it says. And on the new moon of the fourth month, we appeared unto Abraham at the oak of Mamre. And we talked with him, and we announced to him that a son would be given to him by Sarah, his wife. And Sarah laughed, for she had, for She heard that we had spoken these words with Abraham, and we admonished her, and she became afraid and denied that she had laughed on account of the words. And we told her the name of her son, as his name is ordained and written in the heavenly tablets, Isaac. And that when we returned to her at a set time, she would have conceived a son. And in this month, the Lord executed his judgments on Sodom and Gomorrah and Zebulun and all the region of the Jordan, and he burned them with fire and brimstone and destroyed them unto this day. Even as I have declared unto thee all their works, that they are wicked and sinners exceedingly, and that they defile themselves and commit fornication in their flesh and work uncleanliness on the earth, listen to this, and in like manner, God will execute judgment on the places where they have done according to the uncleanliness of the Sodomites like unto the judgment of Sodom. But Lot we saved for God remembered Abraham and sent him out from the midst of the overthrow. This is two scriptures. We have our divine word of God at a second Peter warning that those who should live this way will suffer the same as Sodom and Gomorrah and then we have the Dead Sea Scrolls telling us the exact same thing confirming this truth listen I'm convinced that the United States I can't speak to the nation the other nations All I can speak is to one the one I actually live in and see and hear with my own eyes. This has become Sodom and Gomorrah, maybe worse. And God is not mocked and God is not a man that he should lie and the judgment is coming and it will be in like manner to Sodom and Gomorrah. Those who are truly God's children need to cry out and repent and draw near and take refuge And the only refuge to be had is under his wings, because only he is able to deliver the godly out of these temptations. No bunkers, no beans and bullets, no food and water, no amount of human provisions can save you from the judgment. Only a very close and intimate relationship with the Lord. With Jesus Christ, with Yeshua HaMashiach, with the Father. That is the only deliverance to be had. Now, to wrap up today, I'm going to read Genesis 19. And then on the next episode, we're going to read the account from the book of Jasher, which includes a lot more information about what was so evil about Sodom and Gomorrah. Because when you think of the sins of Sodom and Gomorrah, you think of primarily sexual immorality which is definitely a big portion of their sin, but it goes much deeper than that. Their wickedness goes far beyond that. Their wickedness was that they were cruel to the stranger. They were cruel to the poor. Judges didn't put forth right judgment. They would judge in the favor of the wicked. Which is exactly a description of the United States of America today. Let me read Genesis chapter 19 for you. This is the account out of the Bible, and then on the next episode, Lord willing, which will be in a couple of days, part two, we'll do Jasher, where you'll get more and more detail. Let's look at this. King James Bible, Genesis chapter 19. And there came two angels to Sodom at even. And Lot sat in the gate of Sodom. And Lot, seeing them, rose up to meet them, and he bowed himself with his face toward the ground. And he said, Behold now, my lords, turn in, I pray you, into your servant's house and tarry all night, and wash your feet, and you shall rise up early and go on your ways. And they said, Nay, but we will abide in the street all night. Now, hold on a second. There's significance to this, especially if you know some of the stories from the Dead Sea Scrolls and from the Book of Jasher. Lot knows that staying in the street at night is going to be an awful idea. The angels know this as well. That's why they're putting that test out there. And as you can see, as you're going to see, Lot responds with desperation. No, please. Verse 3, and he says, And he pressed upon them greatly, and he turned in unto him and entered into his house. And he made them a feast, and he did bake unleavened bread, and they did eat. Before they lay down, the men of the city, even the men of Sodom, compassed the house round, both old and young, all the people from every quarter. And they called unto Lot and said unto him, Where are the men which came into thee this night? Bring them out unto us, that we may know them. Of course, that word for know is a word used for intimacy. And Lot went out the door unto them, and he shut the door after them. And he said, I pray you, brethren, do not do not so wickedly. Behold, now I have two daughters which have not known a man. Let me, I pray you, bring them out unto you, and do ye to them as is good in your eyes. Only unto these men do nothing, for therefore came they under the shadow of my roof. And they said, Stand back. And they said again, This one fellow came in to sojourn, And he will needs to be judged. Now we will deal worse with thee than with them. And they pressed sore upon the man, even Lot, and came near to break the door. Now I want you to understand something. Notice the mob mentality. The mob mentality. Does that sound familiar? The hive mind mentality to do evil. Verse 10, But the men put forth their hand, and pulled Lot into the house to them, and shut the door. And they smote the men that were at the door of the house with blindness, both small and great, so that they wearied themselves to find the door. And the men said to Lot, Hast thou here any besides? Son-in-laws, and thy sons and daughters, and whatsoever thou hast in the city, bring them out of this place. You see, God's so merciful that he wasn't just going to spare Lot on the account of Abraham. He was going to spare Lot and anyone who belonged to Lot. He was willing to spare Lot and anyone who belonged to Lot. They go on to say, verse 13, For we will destroy this place because the cry of them is waxing great before the face of the Lord, and the Lord has sent us to destroy it. Now listen, how many prayers are going up to heaven. Praying about the wickedness going on in this country and in these cities. Not just within the United States, which is many. Those of you who live out of the United States, listen to me. There are many true believers, remnant of God, who are praying against this wickedness and begging God for mercy and to relieve us of these evil people who do evil. And there are those around the world praying the same thing. You see, God, the prayers have went went up to God. How many parents are praying because their children have been kidnapped off the streets? Their, Their daughters, their sons sold into sex slavery. He said, because the cry of them is waxing great before the face of the Lord, and the Lord has sent us to destroy it. Sounds familiar to Revelation 18, right? Come out from our people. That you be not partakers of her sins and that you receive not of her plagues. Why? Before this, because the sins for her sins have reached unto heaven and God hath remembered her iniquities. There comes a point when the wrath is stored up and it cannot be contained any longer. The judgment cannot be withheld any longer because the cup overfloweth. So back to the context of the story. The angels are saying, Lot, do you have anyone else that belongs to you other than your wife and your two daughters that are here in this house? Verse 14 says, And Lot went out, and he spake unto his sons-in-law, which married his daughters. Now listen, you remember he was trying to offer his two virgin daughters in place of the angels to the mob, which is disgusting and sick in itself, but that's for a different story. Which means that these sons-in-laws which married daughters must be other daughters of his that don't live there anymore. They probably live with their husbands, right? So Lot went out and he spake unto his sons-in-laws which married his daughters and he said, Up, get you out of this place for the Lord will destroy the city. But he seemed as one that mocked unto his sons-in-laws. You see, his son-in-laws heard the warning and mocked it, laughed, thought it was a joke. Yeah, sure, that's going to happen. Sure, that's going to happen. That's the reaction I get a lot. I was recently having a conversation with a friend about the mask. He's real big into the mask, thinks it's a great idea. And he doesn't understand why people are, why there's some people out there rebelling against it. And I said, look, this leads, it's not about the mask so much as what the mask represents and what it leads to. It's like, it's like the boiling frog. They accumulate people so they can bring in something worse. Right now you have to wear that mask if you want to buy or sell. You can't do anything without wearing your mask. I was like, and tom- that's what it is today and tomorrow becomes the vaccine. And then after that, who knows? And he just couldn't accept that. He thought it was ridiculous. You see these people are being warned judgment is coming you know I've been warning about economic collapse and judgment going all the way back to 2012 and I remember when I first started like prepping and talking about these things and I was kind of green around the ears but I could see that it was coming and I had that vision from God that many of you have read about in my book if you haven't picked up the the end times devotional, you, you need to get a copy. And people mocked me. What's funny is many of them now have taken similar steps that I have taken. And not one of them has come to me and said, you know what? You were right. <laughs> it's almost like it's their idea. Like they, they thought of all these things, even though I was worrying about it for many, many years while they laughed and mocked me. You see, God warns in advance not five minutes in advance, but years of warning because he's kind and merciful, wishing that none would perish, but that all would come to repentance. But I, I honestly believe that that window now is closing and that God can no longer ignore what's going on. So it says that he, he seemed as one that mocked into his sons-in-laws. Verse 15. And when the morning arose, then the angels hastened to Lot, saying, Arise, take thy wife and thy two daughters which are here, lest thou be consumed in the iniquity of the city. And while he lingered, the men laid hold upon his hand, and upon the hand of his wife, and upon the hand of his two daughters. And the Lord, being merciful unto him, they brought him forth and set him without the city. Again, look how merciful God is. They're telling him, you have to leave now. You have to leave now. The destruction's coming. Lot tarries and goofs off to the point where the angels finally take hold of him and his family physically and drag him out of the city. Oh, that God would show us that mercy. Oh, that God would show us that kindness. Verse 17. And it came to pass, when they had brought them forth abroad, that he said, Escape for thy life, look not behind thee. Listen, does that not sound familiar to what Jesus warned? Look not behind thee. What did Jesus say? "In that day he which shall be upon the housetop, and his stuff in the house, let him not come down and take it away. And he that is field, let him likewise not return back. Remember Lot's wife. Whosoever shall seek to save his life shall lose it, and whosoever shall lose his life shall preserve it. Let's continue. So they say that to Lot. And it says, it came to pass, they said, escape for thy life, look not behind thee, neither stay thou in all the plain, escape to the mountain, lest thou be consumed. And Lot said unto them, Oh, not so, my lord. So, Lot is being a real thorn, isn't he? And he goes on to say, verse 19, Behold, now thy servant hath found grace in thy sight, and thou hast magnified thy mercy, which thou hast showed me unto saving my life, and I cannot escape into the mountain, lest something evil take me and I die. Behold, now this city is near to flee unto, and it is a little one. O, oh, let me escape thither; it is not is it not a little one, and my soul shall live. And a God, a God again, great mercy, And he said unto him, See, I have accepted thee concerning this thing also, that I will not overthrow this city for the which thou hast spoken. Haste thee, escape thither, for I cannot do anything till thou become, till thou become thither, therefore the name of the city was called Zor. And the sun was risen upon the earth when Lot entered Zoar. Then, so the right, the only righteous man in all of Sodom, is removed. And this goes back to God promising Abraham. Remember the story. Abraham is pleading with God. What if there's ten righteous, or you know? And God agrees. So God removes the one righteous man. At least righteous in that generation. And then the judgment comes. Remember, Peter, Peter when he's talking about this, how if Sodom and Gomorrah is an example of all those. He says, God knows how to deliver the godly out of temptation and to reserve judgment unto the, to the wicked, right? There is hope for those who are truly trusting in Messiah and have let go of this world Verse 24, then the Lord rained upon Sodom and Gomorrah, brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven. I should also say, real quick, on that note about God delivering the godly, Jesus also tells us in the book of Luke, not long after the story that we're talking about right now, he says, Watch ye therefore and pray always. Watch and pray when? Always that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Let's continue Genesis here. Then the Lord rained upon Sodom and Gomorrah brimstone and the fire from the Lord out of heaven. And he overthrew those cities and all the plain and all the inhabitants of the cities and that which grew upon the ground but his wife looked back from behind him and she became a pillar of salt. This is a prophetic thing that would lead to what Jesus is saying. You do not look back. You cannot serve the world and God. Listen, in the book of Luke also Jesus makes this statement. First, there's some people, he's telling some people to follow him, and they've got these reasons why they can't. Starting, this is chapter 9, starting with verse 59, and he said unto another, Follow me. But he said, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. And Jesus said unto him, Let the dead bury their dead, but go thou and preach the kingdom of God. And another also said, Lord, I will follow thee, but... Let me first go bid them farewell, which are at, at home at my house. And Jesus said unto him, No man, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. So Lot, Lot's wife looked back and became a pillar of salt. In verse 27, And Abraham gat up early in the morning. To the place where he stood before the Lord and he looked toward Sodom and Gomorrah and toward all the land of the plain and behold and lo the smoke of the country went up as the smoke of a furnace and it came to pass when God destroyed the cities of the plain that God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow when he overthrew the cities in the which Lot dwelt. We are living in this time, the times of Lot. The other point that Jesus is making, and actually the main point that Jesus is actually making, because we're kind of extrapolating all this stuff, but the main point, the simple point, is this. He says, likewise, as it was in the days of Lot, they did these things, right? They were eating, they were drinking, they were buying, they were selling, they were planting and building they were doing normal life, not paying any of attention, not thinking for a second that this could happen. But that day that the righteous left, right? That day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone and destroyed them all. Same thing with Noah, right? During the days of Noah, he says, they were eating and drinking, they were marrying wives, they were giving a marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. In other words, it's going to be sudden destruction. You're not going to see it coming, world. Wicked cities. It's going to come unexpected. You will get up and you'll be doing your normal life. And then Fire. rain down we must seek God we must repent and I'm talking to the Christians because many people who are believers are lukewarm and those who are lukewarm will be spewed out they will not receive this protection that the Bible is talking about and if there's ever been a prayer that you need to pray every day of your life, it's the one that Jesus says, Watch ye therefore and pray always that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. This podcast is not for the purpose of ca- causing you to be afraid. It's for the purpose of waking you up to the realities that this world And all its little trinkets and all its little empty promises are not worth losing your soul. I don't want to be counted among the heathen. I don't want to be counted among those who are destined to be destroyed. I want to be these people that see this supernatural deliverance. can you imagine supernatural deliverance like what lot received angels literally showing up and escorting you to safety how incredible and it's easy for us looking back to go oh lot why were you goofing around you should have just left immediately or lot's wife why are you looking back how dare you don't you know well she still had daughters With their husbands, remember, who mocked? This is not an easy thing. That's why it has to be settled in your heart in advance. Right? I feel like that's all I'm supposed to say on today's broadcast. Man, I don't know how this is going to be received. Some will be offended. Many will not like this message. And I wish that it weren't so, but this is the time that we're living in. And we were put in this generation for a time such as this. We were chosen before the foundations of the world to live in this time. And so we must embrace it and keep our hearts and our minds and our ears open to what God would have us to do. And the day is coming soon when some of us may hear these precious words. Well done, good and faithful servant. I long to hear that. All right, friends. Lord willing, I'll get part two out to you within the next couple of days. We're going to read this account from the book of Jasher and kind of get a deeper understanding of the wickedness that led to this judgment. Peace and grace be with all of you, and until the next time, God bless.